You're listening to Live 360 with Tony Sutherland, and this is episode 18. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. It's going to be an awesome episode. Hey, listen, by the way, if you've been listening to these podcasts and they've been encouraging you, blessing you, uh, I just want to encourage you to subscribe to the podcast, write us a review. You know, we don't need a bunch of stars, but we do want to hear what you're thinking. And it can be anything. It can be a one-star rating, a five-star rating. We just want to know what's going on. Of course, we appreciate the five-star rating, but to be honest with you, we're proclaiming the word of the Lord and the grace of Jesus Christ, and so we're doing it boldly. And we're doing it in spite of public approval or uh, public polls. We're not looking for approval. We're just looking for response. We want to hear what you're thinking. And uh, the only way we can do that is if you leave a review, write a review. Don't just hit the stars, but write a review. Uh, And we want to encourage you also to share this because, again, our ministry and everything we do is about word of mouth. It's it's not about, you know, uh, trying to get... uh, We don't have a booking agent. We don't have a social media club or a crew or a team out there or a street team. We are doing this by faith. We're stepping out and we're just sharing the love of Jesus with everybody. And we're trying to give everybody a chance to grab onto and discover how to have peace and joy in every area of their life. That's what this whole podcast is about. Live 360, living life to the fullest. I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly, and I sound like a radio disc jockey right now. I'm not trying to, but man, sometimes when I get up on this microphone, (laughs) it kind of makes me feel like I'm uh, doing a top 40. It's fun, but more than that, I'm so excited about today's episode. We're talking about drop the weights. I didn't say weight. This is not a fitness channel, even though I know we'll be talking about that later on. I don't know about you, but I've been putting on a few pounds in this quarantine I got to get back on the treadmill a little bit more diligently. Um, When your family's all home and the house tucked in, shut in, and uh, your wife is cooking three squares, or should I say three very round meals a day, it's hard to keep the weight off. But we're not talking about that kind of weight today. We're talking about dropping the weight, the things that hold you down, the things that keep you back. And, you know, we're going to talk about how important it is for you to just let go of some of the weight. I'm not talking about sinful habits. We'll talk a little bit about that, but it's more so the things that you wouldn't necessarily call sin, but things that are just weights, things that are tying you down. We're going to discuss those today. And trust me when I say this, you have a destiny on your life, a purpose. God did not just birth you to live a life of punching in and punching out of your job He didn't uh, create you just to exist. He created you to live, to experience his life, his joy, his purpose. And you have an assignment. I don't know if you know that, but when you were born, you were stamped with an assignment, a destiny on your life. And I'm not talking about new age destiny. I'm talking about a godly assignment to be an influence for Jesus Christ in the world. And in order for you to run fast with energy and endurance and joy and speed, you're going to have to get rid of some weight in your life. You're going to have to drop and let go of some of the things that have been holding you down. Some of you are being crushed under the weight on your life right now. And you're not a victim. You're a victor. 
You are an overcomer. You are more than a conqueror. And so you can't allow things to hold you down. You can't allow things to hold you back. And that's what this is all about today. Now, before I even start, there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Condemnation kills. Condemnation is a weight that we'll talk about later, but there is no condemnation. If you've got some things in your life, it's not time to start turning up the guilt. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I don't believe that guilt is the motivator. I believe love is the motivator. I believe because Christ has set you free, we should live free indeed to be reminded that you have already been set free of your past. You are forgiven of all your sins, past, present, and future. There is nothing hindering your view right now. You have a a clear horizon, and I want to help you get rid of some weight today, help you start the process of getting rid of some weight. I'm always dropping weights. I'm always... Uh, picking up things uh, along my journey that uh, become weights in my life. And uh, so I'm regularly uh, taking an inventory, not obsessing about myself. We talked about that last week. I'm not obsessing about myself, but there are times when I take an inventory, I do an inspection and I say, what are some things I can delete or get rid of in my life that are holding me back, holding me down and keeping me from being all that I can be in Jesus. And we're going to talk about that today. It's going to be awesome. Hang on to your seats and let's go. All right, as so often we do, let's start with the scriptures. Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 2, I'm reading from the New King James Version Bible. It says, Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of of our faith. First Peter 5 and 7 says, give all your worries to him because he cares about you. You know, in ancient Greece, when Olympians competed in, in the games, they competed totally naked. I mean, down to the buff. They took everything off of their body in order to win. They didn't want anything on their body that would hinder them from winning a race. They didn't want anything impeding, holding them back, They didn't want wind resistance. They wanted just their bodies to be able to uh, achieve victory in the games. And Olympic swimmers today, they, they do that. They shave their bodies completely. There is not one single hair from the top of their head to the bottom. And if they do have hair, they put on that skin cap because they want their bodies to cut through the water. They don't even want one single hair between them and the finish line. You know, often it's a hair's length that determines the gold from the silver. Have you ever seen the Olympic games, man? I'm telling you, those swim races are so close. I mean, you can't even, you have to watch rewind after rewind after rewind because one hand and the other hand that's touching, they're so close together. I mean, it's a millisecond and they realize that because the race is, is, has the odds in that manner, they need to get rid of everything. An Olympic athlete, disciplines themselves and sheds themselves of anything that would hold them back. And so we're going to talk about some weights in our lives that we need to drop. We need to let go. And I have eight different weights. And I want you to picture, if you will, uh, a set of uh, barbells in front of you, a bench, a bench press. And, you know, some of you are like, what's a bench press? I don't know what a bench press is. I haven't been to the gym in forever. And I'm with you. Hey, I'm with you. But I know what a bench press looks like. A bench press 
is a bar that goes over a bench and it has weight plates that go on it. And I want you to picture, if you will, four weights on each side. And on the inside ring of weights is the big one. And then on just the outside, and we're going on both sides. So you, if you have that bar, you have two big weights on the inside weights on each side. And then you have one bigger weight. It's a little bit smaller, but it's also a large one. It's on just on the outside of those two. We're moving out. And then the next one, we're moving out. There's a smaller weight. And then on the fourth rung on the outside are little weights. We're going to start from the outside in. And I, and I want you to imagine, if you will, if I was standing up on a platform, because I've preached this before, so I'm trying to give you this illustration um, on uh, this podcast. I want you to picture it. Um, I am going over now to the bench press and I am taking the first little weight off of one of the sides. It's about a five pound weight. And that weight is called distraction. So that's the first weight we want to talk about eliminating today is distraction. You know, hobbies and activities and things we do during the day, extracurricular things, television, movies, YouTube, internet, social media, um, just those types of distractions. There's so many distractions. I mean, with this age of technology, there's so much distraction. And I always say, guys, it's all right to have hobbies, but it's not good for hobbies to have you. Okay. Um, I call them time wasters and it's okay. Every now and then, man, we need to unplug. We need some time wasters. We need some parentheses in our life. We need margin to enjoy our life, to do things, fitness and exercise and, and, and friendships and, and, you know, uh, just the different hobbies that we have, but they can become time wasters. And it reminds me of a story back in the day. This was probably about maybe 10 or 15 years ago. I started getting into gaming and I was an adult man. I was in my mid thirties and I started getting into gaming and I don't even know if we bought our son a PlayStation two and uh, he was playing his little star Wars Legos games and whatever. And I had got a hold of a game. It was a battle game. And I got a hold of that thing and I started really enjoying it and getting into it. And you know, up until that time, I wasn't one of these gaming guys. I enjoyed watching other people play. I could play Pac-Man back in the day in the arcades, but I was not a gaming guy. I just, I thought it was a time waster. But once I started playing, I really started enjoying it. And all my gamers out there that are listening right now, you're like, yeah, bro, it is fun to game. Well, it became a little bit of an all-consuming time waster for me. I was really getting into it. I was getting into it a little too much. And I remember uh, one particular time of the year, my wife and my two kids went on a vacation. I think she went to be with her parents and I had to work. So I stayed home. And while I was at home, I played this game every single day. And one night I found myself sitting at the console, you know, beady eyed late at night in the TV with this remote in my hand. And I had played before I had realized it, I had played 10 hours straight, 10 hours straight. Not a sin, man. It's not sending me to hell. It's 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 it was just a time waster. It was it was wasting my time. And I remember uh, a few weeks later, you know, when my wife was finally home, she had come back after about a week, and then about another week later, we're sitting up late night watching TV, and we're watching Christian TV, and it's really late at night, about eleven o'clock. 
And all of a sudden this, this minister got on the screen and he was looking deep into my soul and he was pointing right at me and he said, whatever you're doing, that's wasting time. Stop now. And it was that simple. And man, I just felt like God was saying, Tony, it's time to set the weight aside. And my wife looked across the front room at me and she said, mm-hmm, yeah, that's you. And it was me. You know, don't you hate that man when you just, you can't hide anything from your spouse. I mean, there's no more uh, impressing. It's, it's all, they know everything. And, uh, but it's a good thing. And I believe that passions can be good, but obsessions aren't, aren't so good. Your passion can turn into an obsession and you can overly commit your life to things that you love to do. Like I'm huge into watch collecting. I love collecting watches and I'm a watch enthusiast. That can be hard on my pocketbook. I have to be careful. I have a little motto, sell a watch, buy a watch. I don't buy a watch until I sell one. And I have a few. It's, it's a, it's, I enjoy it. It's a hobby I have, but you have to keep those passions under control or they turn into obsessions. You know, casual indiscretions and questionable things arise from those non-sinful weights and habits that we put into our life. Like gaming is not necessarily a sin, but if it becomes a time waster, then a casual indiscretion can become a questionable thing in my life. And I, I just believe that distractions can lead you to destruction. And I don't mean your eternal salvation. I'm just talking about your overall effectiveness and purpose in life. If you have a purpose in life and you are being distracted by little things along the way, it can lead to destroying the purpose that you have. You you won't fulfill your assignment. I have a friend who uh, is a YouTuber and he is amazing. I mean, I kind of base a lot of my social media, my YouTubing and my podcasting after him. And he's a mentor to me. But I remember a few years ago, he had all this YouTube equipment and he had all these cameras and all these videos. And when he was on social media, he was doing a lot of videos that were just like making orange juice and doing these things. And I was like, I called him up and I said, man, do you realize what you have in your house? Do you realize the things that you have at your disposal? I would kill to have some of the things that you have right now. And you're making these cheesy little videos. You have to get on your assignment and quit allowing yourself to be distracted. You know, depression can lead you to getting involved in hobbies that become a waste of time because we self-medicate through overeating. We self-medicate through hobbies and, and television and binging. Oh my gosh, binging these days. Man, back in the day, I used to have to wait a week for the next episode. There was no such thing as watching an entire season in two days, but it's happening on a on a global level, people are binging television. I know people that watch hundreds of hours of TV every week, and this is not good. This is just not good. And I told this young man, I said, man, you need to get on your assignment and you need to start picking up your gear and stop wasting time piddling around and get on the assignment that God has for your life. And nowadays, guys, he has thousands of people subscribed to his YouTube channel. He is filming all the time. I can't even get a hold of this guy anymore because he has set his mind 
to fulfill the assignment and the ministry that God has for him. Distractions can destroy your purpose, not destroy your salvation, but they can destroy your purpose. And if you want to make traction in your life, you must remove distraction from your life. Wow, I know you stop. Don't stop and rewind. I'll say it again. If you want to make traction in your life, you must remove distraction from your life. The problem with distraction or distractions is they don't look like distractions until they're finished distracting you. You don't even know sometimes. See, that's why it's really great to have accountability in your life. You know, I got my wife sitting on the other side of the front room. I'm watching TV. Guys, listen, right now, this podcast is a testament to the fact that I don't have time to waste. I don't, I don't have time. I don't have any time to be taking my time and throwing it in the trash or tossing it in the wind. Every ounce of my time, the Bible says, redeem the time redeem your time. You know, Proverbs 17 and 22 says something about distraction. It says the discerning sets his face toward wisdom, but watch this, but the eyes of a fool are on the ends of the earth. Do you see what that's saying? It's saying a discerning person, a wise person, he sets his face toward what is wise, how I can most effectively and wisely use my time. The discerning sets his face toward wisdom. Watch this. But the eyes of a fool are on the ends of the earth. In other words, it's folly and foolishness to just be doing everything else instead of using wisdom and setting your face as a discerning person, laser focused on your purpose. An Olympic athlete is laser focused on the finish line on winning. They don't want to take that bottom pedestal platform. They don't want to take the middle pedestal platform or pedestal. They want to stand on that third stair and get the gold. And I don't know about you, but I wasn't made for bronze or silver. I was made for the gold. God wants me to shine forth as gold. And so in other words, in in order for me to shine forth as gold, I have to go through the fires of purification, which means deleting the distractions in my life because it's those little flies that spoil the ointment. <laughs> That's an old saying. You know, a bowl of soup is great, but if you get a fly in it, you got to dump the whole thing out. If you're eating a a plate of mashed potatoes and you see a little bit of hair, you're going to get rid of the entire plate of mashed potatoes because little distractions can ruin the whole thing and you got to let go of the weight. So if you see that little weight in my hand that I just took off a few minutes ago, I'm going to set it down on the floor. There it goes. We're going to lay it down. You see how easy that was? That little, it's five pounds. Distractions can be five pounds, but they can add up over time and you end up carrying that weight. We got to lay down the weight of distraction. Hey guys, we're about halfway through. I just want to take a a moment uh, to remind you, if you're listening to this episode on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe and leave us a review. Those two things are a powerful way you can help us just bring more awareness to our podcast so that we can help more people discover how to have peace and joy in every area of their lives. Hey, are you guys ready to drop the weights? Are you guys ready to release some things in your life so that you can run the race with more endurance and more strength and more joy? If so, let's jump back into it.
Now let's walk over to the other side of the bench where the bar and the weights are and let's take the little plate off the other side and on that little plate you're going to see the word bad attitude written on it. Bad attitudes. You know, bad attitudes are a weight and we got to learn how to, how to change our attitude, to get a good attitude. You know, if you're always at war with everything and everyone around you, I want to let you in on a little secret. The problem probably isn't someone else. It's probably you. If you're always struggling with people and situations and you're never at rest and you're always at war, the problem is probably you and you're probably carrying around a bad attitude that has become a weight that you can no longer afford to have in your life bad attitudes, negative outlook, that half empty glass perspective. You know, I think a, I think a, a bad attitude is, is like a, an unruly toenail. It's unattractive. It's undesirable. It's irritating. It gets on your nerves. It's unnecessary. And you need to clip it off because I'm here to tell you today, if you're carrying a bad attitude around with you on the job and in ministry and in relationships, at some point or another, someone's going to be honest with you and they're going to clip it off. And you don't want that to happen. You need to clip your own bad attitude off. I just say choose joy. Choose positivity. Resist negativity. Be fantastic. Even when life is going bad, you learn how to put on a good attitude. You know, uh, there's a thing in science called mirroring neurons. It's called mirroring neurons. Um, My dogs do it. They're the best example. When one dog decides to chew up something, that other dog sees that behavior and mirrors it and will start chewing things. And when they were little puppies, man, they chewed everything in our house. They destroyed years of furniture making that my wife and I had done together. We had a refinished several pieces of furniture in our house and man, they chew the knobs off and the handles off. And these dogs chewed sheetrock and baseboards off when they were little dogs. They chewed everything in our house, but it was because one would do it and the other would do it. That's called monkey see monkey do. And that's the way that your attitude affects others. When people see a bad attitude, they naturally mirror it. You know, some of you right now are leaders and the people around you have bad attitudes all the time. Well, most likely they're mirroring that attitude from someone else. And it could be you. It could be you. Husbands, you are the primary attitude maker in your house. If your family is has a bad attitude these days and everything sucks and nothing's good and everything's down, you need to change your attitude. I always tell people, stay away from bitter people. You can love them, but avoid them. You know, Psalms 1, 1 through 3 says that. It says that, you know, blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sits in the seat or or stands in the way of sinners or sits in the seat of the scornful. The scornful are people that are bitter and unforgiving and they always have an angst against somebody and they're always carrying negativity. And the Psalms tell us, man, you're just blessed if you don't hang around those people. And I got to tell you something, man, if you're a leader and if you want to be an influence in this world and you want to change the world and you want to infect atmospheres and cultures and and be an influencer, you have to have a good attitude because people are going to follow people who have a good attitude, who have a positive outlook, who are faith-based 
face. They see the good. They see the positive. And even though they're uncertain, they still brave the future. And those are the people that people want to follow. People don't want to follow people who have a bad attitude. And so this weight that you're carrying, this bad attitude that you're carrying is causing people to run from you. It's not attracting people to you. And I've talk to ministers all over the country and around the world. They're just saying, my people keep leaving and, and, and I can't get anybody to be motivated and I can't get my teams to be motivated and I can't get my people to step up. And you know what? It's probably because they're mirroring what they see. I got to tell you, the first thing you have to do instead of blaming others is to look at yourself and say, does my attitude resemble that of a championship attitude? Do I have an attitude that when people get around me, they go, I want to be like you. I want to act like, man, what are you eating? What are you drinking? What are you taking? And you can just tell a man, Jesus has changed my life. I got a purpose. I got a destiny. I ain't got no time for a bad attitude. I say, be fantastic. When someone says, how are you? Just say, "Beef, I'm fantastic. I'm fantastic. And people will go, are you, wow, how are you that? How are you fantastic? I just am fantastic. I got too much good going on in my life. I see, I see a bright future. So when you got that little plate in your hand, that little extra weight of a bad attitude, negative attitude, bitter attitude, unforgiving attitude, it's time right now to set that heavy weight down of a bad attitude. It's holding you back and it's pushing people away. You don't want to be that kind of person. You want to be the type of person that people want to be around if you're, the, if you're the one with the best attitude in the room, you'll be the leader whether you got the title or not. Let me say that again. That is so important. If you, want to, if you have the best attitude in the room, you will be the leader no matter who has the title. And leadership isn't titles. Leadership is primarily attitude, your perspective, your words, your thoughts. You need to set that attitude, that bad attitude down and pick up a positive attitude and start walking in joy and positivity. Resist that negative attitude and set it down. Lay it aside. So let's plop that weight down on the floor. There it goes. You see it? And it's going, it's kind of rotating a little bit. Now it's come to a stop. You can even stomp on it if you want, because that's where it needs to stay on the ground. Let's lay aside the weight of bad attitudes. All right, guys, so we've gotten rid of one plate on one side, a five-pound weight. It's kind of on the floor of distraction. We've gotten rid of the other plate on the other side, that other weight, that little five-pound weight of a bad attitude, and they're laying on the floor. Doesn't that feel better already, man? We're letting some weight go. We're looking at this bar now, but we got to attack some of those other weights that are on there. we got to get them off. So let's go to the other side and let's slip off that 10-pound weight and if you could hold that weight in your hand and look down on, down on it, it would say anger. So this is the moderate weights. The last two weights were light weights, but now we're moving into the moderate weights. This is, this is the weight of anger. And what this weight comes from is the overall bad attitude of unforgiveness and bitterness. Now we're slipping into anger. Now we're walking around with anger and this bitterness and this unforgiveness is, is heavier now. And it's eating away at you like leprosy. I mean, literally like leprosy. In fact, uh, in ancient times in the 15 and 1600s, when they 
punished criminals. They used to do the, the worst things ever. I, I was uh, privileged to go to Germany a few years ago, and I had a friend that took me to the city of Rotenburg. It's where they uh, created the, the, the cartoon Pinocchio. It was the place that inspired it. But right inside the gates of the city, and it was beautiful, beautiful colored houses, yellow and red and green and cobblestone streets. It was like a little make-believe world. You just kind of, when you came inside this city, it's like you were leaving reality and coming into the make-believe. But strangely enough, inside this city, about three buildings down to the right, as soon as you came in the main gate, there was this building called the Torture Museum. I don't know how that found its way into Rotenburg, but um, my friend said, hey, you want to go see this? And of course, I was like, yeah, let's go. This is awesome. I can't wait to see it. And uh, he took me in there. And uh, it was really interesting, all the ways that they tortured people for crimes that had been committed and murder and lying and stealing and some of the craziest things. But while I was in there, it reminded me of this story I heard when I was younger um, about the way that they they punished murderers in the 1500s and 1600s, which is what a lot of what was being displayed there around those times, just macabre things, horrible things. I bet if we, I bet if those things were still in existence today, there'd be a whole lot less crime and killing and murder. But it reminded me of this story of, uh, the way they punished a murderer. And one of the, one of the ways they did it is that they would take the person that you murdered and they would tie them to your back and you would have to carry this dead corpse around with you everywhere you went as like your, your punishment. You could never take him off. You'd have to sleep with him, eat with him, do your job. And as this dead body was decomposing on your back, the decomposition of the skin and the flesh would meld or merge onto your skin and it would eat away at you until you literally died a dead man's death. And that's what anger does to us. It like it destroys us. It doesn't do us any good. You know, when you let someone affect you like that. They're controlling you. When you're angry with someone, they're controlling you. Yes, the Bible says be angry, but don't sin. That means as soon as you're angry, you need to deal with it and lay down the weight. You cannot bear the weight of the dead man on your back. Don't allow other people to control you. You know, their actions and what they did is out of your control, but I'm here to tell you what people did to you is not as big as who God is. God is bigger than what people did to you. Do you understand? You can't allow that weight. You need to forgive them. You need to release them. You need to give them grace. You need to love them and bless them and be done with them. Do not carry the weight of anger on your back. It will kill you. It will destroy you. It will eventually eat away at you like leprosy, like that dead man. You got to learn how to let anger go. You know, I know a lot of people, man, they, 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 when they're playing pickup basketball games, they still can't associate the fact that it's not the NBA championships. It's just a pickup game. It's like a street team. It's just to have fun. And I've seen so many grown men, ministers, people that get on the court and they're so competitive that they become a different person when they enter the court because they can't let, it can't get their anger under control. Uh, one of my mentors in ministry, I would consider him a father to me in ministry. 
He was a college basketball player. He played on a championship team. And uh, when he was pastoring, they would have pickup games and he would never play. This guy was 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, and man, to have this guy on your team would be a, a sure win. But he refused to play because he said, because I become a different person when I get on the court and I can't let that side come out of me. I can't let that control me and I don't want to be a bad testimony and I don't want my leadership to be tainted in the in the eyes of others. And so what he was doing, he was making the choice. He was making the call to say, I'm not going to let anger attach itself to me. And sometimes guys, you got to do whatever you can do to get anger off your back. You can't let it attach itself to you and you can't go around carrying it or it will weigh you down and it will eat away at you like that dead man on your back. And you don't want that. So let's take that 10 pound weight right now, hold it in your hand, whatever it is, and just set it down. There it goes on the ground. And it's kind of rotating again a little bit. We're setting it down. Put your foot down on it and make a decision. I will no longer be angry. I will forgive. I do have it within me to forgive. Some of you saying, I don't have it within me to forgive. Yes, you do. You have Jesus in you. You have the power to forgive. He is the ultimate forgiver. And if you are in Christ, you are in Christ, then you have the power to forgive. Forgive right now. Put your foot on that anger and hold it down and don't allow it to attach itself to you ever again. Hey guys, thanks for listening today. Hope it encouraged you. Hope it inspired you. And if it did, want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, and by all means, share it with one or two other people in your life that need to hear what you heard today. Hey, I'm coming back with part two next episode. And until then, we'll see you.